Welcome to the New York State Bar Association's Miranda Warnings. For all things legal and some that aren't, I'm Dave Miranda, past president of the New York State Bar Association and partner at the intellectual property law firm of Hesslin, Rothenberg, Farley, and Mercedes. On Miranda Warnings today, we have Susan Harper. Susan is the managing director of the Bates Group that uh, focuses on securities litigation and regulatory investigations. And Susan Harper is also the chair of the New York State Bar Association's new Women in Law section. Welcome, Susan. Thank you so much for having me here today. Thank you for being here, Susan. I'm very excited to have you here. We're going to talk about issues that impact women in the legal profession and uh, impact women in general. Uh, So tell me a little bit about why we have a new Women in Law section at the State Bar Association. Sure. Well, for over 30 years, um, the State Bar had a women uh, Committee on Women in Law, and this has always been an exceptionally active committee um, tackling lots of different issues um, that impact women. Um, one thing that we happened to notice, you know, from a trends perspective, was that we always would have, um, since when you have a committee um, in the Bar Association, you only have so many slots on the committee. So we had about 50 slots. And we would notice that there were many women um, who um, would would have to rotate off. And they did not necessarily want to rotate off because they enjoyed their work with the committee. And um, so we felt that it was time to revisit the, um, the committee structure and look at it possibly as a section, expand and broaden our, our work. So how many members do we have in the women in law section now? Um, we have, I think, um, um, over um, 400 members now. Great. And what kind of initiatives are we working on? Well, I mean, first of all, we're, we're going to be continuing, first of all, our work that we were doing on committee on the Committee on Women in Law. So we work and we address legislative issues, um, policy issues. Um, you know, we will continue focusing on, um, you know, on our awards programs. Um, one issue that, you know, we're going to be looking at, we'll be looking at a little bit more closely on um on uh, the issues, the Me Too issues, and how to um, help and support women. Um, the other thing that we're doing is that we're really trying to expand, you know, just our own committee work. Our work, um, you know, is we've basically have, you know, focused on programming and we focus on a lot of legislative related work. Now we want to, you know, um, expand that to other sorts of work. One of our committees that we have is um, our Champions Committee, and in fact, it's you know, men advancing women. And so we want to make sure that men are, you know, part of the solution and that we are engaging them and that they are actively, you know, participating along with us. Well, let me ask you about that. Um, so what can what can men do that feel inclined to be an ally mm-hmm. uh, on some of these issues that are coming up? Uh, you know, um, there's some things that are going on right now in, you know, in politics and in government where, um, you know, as a, as a male, sometimes you cringe and you're embarrassed by some of the things that are happening. What, what can uh, um, um, either a ma- male attorney or just a, a non-attorney do to be more of an ally in some of these issues? 
Well, I think first, you know, first there's, there's two different, you know, areas we could focus on. First is just in the area of the workplace. I mean, men can definitely be champions for women. I mean, they could be sponsors for women. So when the person isn't in the room, you know, and there's a particular project coming up or there is a position available, you know, I think that, you know, um, being able to just speak up and say, hey, I think this person would be great on this, you know, um, job. Um, and then there's the on on the um, client side. You know, um, the clients really have an enormous power to speak up and um, to um, ensure that women um, are on the teams, on litigation teams or on deal teams, and and, um, and not just one woman, but that it's a meaningful role um, in the judiciary. Um, and we came out with this, um, the, com- the uh, commercial federal litigation, when I meant we, I meant New York State Bar, sure. um, came out uh, with a wonderful report, if not, then, uh, if not now, when, um, and that report, you know, looked at women in the courts and, you know, judges can play an enormous role in um, modifying their rules um, to allow um, uh, more than one person um, to, uh, to, to participate in litigation proceedings. So there's definitely a lot of ways that um, men can help and champion women in all different sorts of right. ways. And of course, the if not now when mm-hmm. report that came out of uh, the commercial and federal litigation section that was uh, became policy of the state bar, you know, talked about the fact that we have for almost two decades, we've had about half of the law school graduates are women. But when we get into the courtroom, only about a quarter of the mm-hmm. attorneys that are actually uh, trying these cases are women. And so I'm I'm guessing we're making some progress, but where do we need to do better uh, in that regard? Well, I mean, I, I think I think we need to do better to be, you know, just thinking about that that people need to have opportunities and to be thinking about that um, there can definitely be opportunities for all. As I mentioned to you, the one the one area um, that's important is. Um, is in the judges area and changing the rules. So that just sets the stage in terms. But then, you know, I've actually, I had one judge actually approach me not too long ago who said, you know, I changed my rules, but no one has taken advantage of it. So I think that's that's just as important too, that that information gets filtered out. And of course, that's something the Bar Association can help do. The Bar can definitely help, definitely. Make it out. To get, get, it to get out that there. information out there and so that people are, um, are aware of that. It's very important that there's, if when we're talking about just from a law firm or any company perspective, that the tone has to come from the top. So the top, the person who's at the top, the CEO, the managing partner, the chairman, um, or chairwoman, um, that individual must really set the tone and must put out there that there is an expectation, you know, there. In the private sector, um, in the corporate world, you know, when that when that has occurred, it really has changed things. Uh, Coca-Cola is actually a very good example. Um, their chairman at some point in time actually, you know, um, said, I'm going to tie this to your promotions, you know, advancement for women um, and um, diversity and inclusion. And trust me, things change very quickly. You mentioned that the uh, women in law section is looking at some legislation mm-hmm. that's uh, that's being proposed. What kind of legislation are we looking at here in New York State? Uh, that uh, the women in, in law section is getting behind. Yeah. Um, so we got behind a lot of different sort of legislation, I guess, in the last legislative um, period. Um, so one area that we got involved with was prisoner rights. And believe it or not, um, and that had to do with feminine hygiene products that um, women had to pay for these products 
um, while they were in prison. And, um, and that, I think, was very troubling for all of us when this is, you know, your issue of your bodies. Um, another area um, that we put our um, weight behind this past year was on a provision to the New York State Constitution on um, equal rights uh, provision that, believe it or not, New York State is you know um, the uh, the leading. I would also consider themselves the the leader for women's rights, the cradle of the women's rights movement. But we don't even have an ERA in our own constitution. So you know, you mentioned women's rights, and of course, uh, in New York State, uh, we just celebrated the hundredth anniversary of uh, women having the right to vote from 1917, and that became federal in 1920. Um, let's talk a little bit about that anniversary and, and why that's so important. Sure. Well, I mean, it's, that was this, you know, it's a 67 year old <laughs> journey, <laughs> um, cause. And I think that's something that's been, you know, it's been very, very, um, you know, this was started, you know, in, in 1848 up in Seneca Falls. Um, it's a famous, you know, tea, where women got together and they decided that they were going to change it. And, you know, it's really interesting, you know, when you look at some of these women's backgrounds, so you look at Elizabeth Cady Stanton, what people really don't know, there's always a lawyer behind the scenes, okay? Elizabeth Cady Stanton's father was a, a judge. He also had his own law firm, I guess, you know, people coming in and out of the house. And he was also a congressperson. And um, so she would see women coming in and out of the house um, and that's where she would see how women were, you know, mistreated under the law. And her father, to my understanding, you know, kind of said to her, well, the only way this will change is if the law changes. And so, um, so she and several of the women, you know, set out to um, change things. But, you know, I think it's very important that while people, um, you know, look to certain women, Elizabeth Cady Stanton, Susan B. Anthony, and of course, they're very important figures. There are lots of people who were very involved in this movement over this, you know, in New York State, you know, there was there was the downstate, and there was the upstate, and there was the rural, and there was the urban, and so, and there was white, and there was black, and there was all different sorts of people who were involved, and men. There was even a men's association that people don't, a men's association for suffrage that people are not aware of. And so there were so many different people um, that were part of this. And, um, and the other thing that I think was very interesting that happened during this time period was that a lot of different strategies, um, sorry, tactics were used. So the goal was to get there. They tried different sorts of ways how to get there. And I think they realized really by the early 1900s that, um, and they pioneered all the diff these different tactics that they needed to do more. So they petitioned and they canvassed. And they received, you know, they had like a million signatures. I mean, this was really unheard of at the time period. Um, and they held parades. And we all have seen some of those pictures of those parades. Um, and they published and they did speaking. So many of these different tactics that they used back then are things that we now even use now. You know, now maybe a lot of this stuff is digitized. But back then, you know, this was really fairly new and it was very, you know, revolutionary. The petitions and letter writing and, and yeah, rallies. And, 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 and yeah, and that was really um, Harriet um, Stanton Blatch. She was Elizabeth Stanton, Katie Stanton's daughter who really saw that they were not going anywhere and they had to do, they had to change their ways and they changed their, their strategies and their tactics. And so, yeah, so going around and canvassing door to door 
and um, and holding these big parades um, was very new. Well, so let's talk about that and tactics and where we are today. I mean, so we've had uh, women's suffrage here in New York State uh, for 100 years and mm-hmm. almost 100 years in the country. And then, you know, we look at uh, the majority of the Senate judiciary uh, that's questioning uh, a, a woman in the Kavanaugh hearings that uh, was testifying, and there's not one woman on the in the majority in the on the Senate Judiciary Committee to, to even ask a question. They have to, you know, hire somebody out uh, so they can have a woman ask a question. Um, so we've made progress, but oftentimes when you look at where we are, it seems like we're not really there, yeah. uh, and we're not even close in some instances. And um, so, you know, why is that? If we've had the right to vote for almost 100 years, um, with the women's pop- voting population is probably a little bit over 50% in the country. Why are we, why are we not at 50% representation? Well, I think I think you're right. I think that's that's troubling, and I think that one thing that you see from this whole Me Too movement, and not only that, and prior to the whole Me Too movement, I think when the Women's March really, you know, came out, was that I think a lot of it has really inspired a lot of women. You know, it's it's very possible. I'm saying with respect to elected officials, that a lot of people have felt that maybe. Maybe they couldn't be that person, but I think that now, I think a lot of women do feel that. I think there are a lot of races around this country where there are a lot of young women. There are a lot of women in the military. Um, there are a lot of people on who are Democrats and Republicans who have decided, I want to get involved. And I realized that in order to change you know, my destiny and women's destiny and to contribute to my state or to my country or to my county, um, that I can make this happen. Well, when we're talking about that, and obviously we are seeing in you know the most recent year uh, more more women seeking office, and I think that'll result in proportionally more women mm-hmm. uh, uh, being successful in the election. But I'd like to talk about two things. So the first is over these past hundred years, where have we really made progress? Uh, whether it be in legislation or in uh, representation uh, or in societal um, attitudes, where where have can we point to and say we've really we've made real progress here? This is this part is good. Yeah, well, I think first of all, we've made really great progress in the workplace. I think more and more women are in are in the workplace than ever before. Now, um, it may be also that it may be it may be that more and more women are in the workplace because of necessity too. You know, um, that that we live in a, a, a country now where both people have to work. Um, so, but either way, we have made great progress there. Um, I think that we have made great progress in having more women and um, professional women. They, you know, women in law school, you know, there are at least 50% women in law school. And so that's, that's wonderful. There are more women than ever in college. Um, there are women who are doctors. Um, so I think that we've made great, you know, um, great progress there. If you think about it, I think the first woman who became lawyer, I think it was either, and it was about in the late 1800s or early 1900s. I mean, and, and now there's, there's thousands of us out there. So I think that's an enormous, that's enormous progress. Well, in New York, it was Kate, Kate Stoneman, right? I, I think it was correct? Kate Stoneman, yeah. right. I think it was Kate Stoneman. And so, I mean, I think that that's, that's enormous. I think that, you know, in recent years, and this is why I say it's very important 
who you vote for, because who you vote for really will impact these laws that, that come through for you. Um, in recent years, you know, um, under Governor Cuomo, under Mayor de Blasio, um, and even in neighboring New Jersey, there's been a lot of wonderful legislation that's come out um, to really help, you know, support women and men and families. You know, everything from, you know, paid leave support to paid sick leave um, report to, um, to, you know, to other sorts of, um, to other sorts of legislation that's, um, that's helpful. Um, and, you know, I mean, right now in New York, you have this mandatory sexual harassment um, training um, that's required. Um, and that's, that's tremendous. Um, but, you know, I, I think that, you know, being, being, you know, part of and being very active um, and being very vocal. Um, and I think that that's, that's, we've, we've made a lot of great strides that way. Well, it seems like every time you feel like we've, we're moving things forward right. and it's going in a positive way. And, you know, we have new legislation and we have, I think, new societal attitudes where this uh, certain conduct is no longer acceptable. And then we have these setbacks where you realize, well, maybe, you know, how much how much further along have we come? And and I'm thinking most recently about the Supreme Court nomination process where, you know, in the 90s we had this issue with uh, Clarence Thomas. And you think, well, that was the 90s. Maybe we'll, you know, we're, we're further along now. And then it seems like we had the same issue comes up and people just vote along party lines and it didn't really make any difference. And so are you seeing that, is there a feeling that we've, we've made progress and this is just a, a blip in the road? Or have we not really come f- further along as a society as far as we should? I, I, I think we have still... I'm, 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 I'm always, I'm going to be the optimist here, you know, and I definitely think that we've, we've, we've still, I, I, obviously the, the Supreme Court thing was a bit, was troubling for everybody, um, you know, cause where it, it did seem to fall, you know, along the party lines. And in fact, just recently, um, uh, President Trump was on 60 Minutes and was asked, you know, about, um, him mocking Dr. Ford, you know, his response was, well, we wouldn't have won you know, if I didn't do that. And that's, that's troubling too. Um, because the fact that, you know, you would hope that your president, you know, would be saying something positive about, you know, just anybody who is a survivor anyway, or be trying to heal us as a country. Right. And you mentioned before, when you were talking about, you know, the corporate world, Mm -hmm. that it's important that it come from the top down uh, across the, across the board. And that when, measures are implemented and there's an attitude that comes from the top that that has uh, positive results. And so how difficult is it for for us now when what's coming down from the top of our of our government is not supportive of this, uh, is sometimes ridiculing it and sometimes uh, undercutting it? How difficult is it for all this good work that's being done when when we don't have this top down type of attitude? Yeah, I think I I think it, it does make it more challenging. There's no doubt about it. I think it makes it more challenging because then I think other people think it's okay to conduct themselves that way. 
And and I think that's that's a big issue. And we see we see that in other areas, I'm saying outside of any sort of women's issues areas, you know, in our country right now, where people think it's it's okay to conduct themselves like that. Um, I, I think it's definitely is a challenge. But again, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of progress too. And I think we have to err on progress. And I'm gonna I'm gonna err on progress and you know, those people who are in power too. I mean, the one thing that's that's about being an elected official, eventually you'll be rotated out. <laughs> right. And and also isn't there some effect where since we don't have it at the top that more people that think this is necessary are saying we've we have to take it upon ourselves and make this happen. That yeah. no one else is gonna do it for us, no one's gonna hand it to us. We're gonna have to go out there and take it. Yeah, well I think that's why the states have acted too. I think that's why you, that's why you see why the states have acted. They, they've they've definitely have decided to step up to the plate because they're saying the federal government is not going to do anything, and they're not going to you know conduct themselves in a way that we feel that supports you know um, our constituents and you know we need to act. And I think that that's that's leadership. That's leadership. Now let me ask you. I you know over the recent weeks and months, periodically there's something that happens that you know that is said and makes me cringe. And I feel like I don't even, you know, I don't even know where this is coming from, uh, especially in our in our public discourse. And is there anything that you see in the in from the Me Too movement that maybe you think has gone too far or makes you cringe sometimes and think maybe it's not helpful to the cause? Well, I think when the president of the United States gets up and mocks a person who says that she's been abused, I think that makes me right. cringe. Naturally. Me too. That's what right. I was talking about yeah, yeah. As, uh, as well. Yeah. But what about on, on from like the Me Too side? Yeah. Is there anything where you feel like it's put, maybe it's pushed too hard or it's done things in a tone that is not uh, something that you think is helpful? Is there anything along those lines? No. No, I really don't. I'll be it's honest. All it's I don't, all good. I, don't, I think. I think. I think it. The what's well. I think what's good about it. It's opened up a dialogue. It's made women feel comfortable and feel safe. You know, one thing that's been very powerful. You know, about the whole Me Too movement. I think it was very powerful for women. Let's say you know you're on your Facebook page, and you know, and people were talking about you know whatever was happening. I mean, it was Harvey Weinstein, okay? And then women started writing, you know, Me Too, and then you started scrolling it, and all of a sudden you said, Oh, this person. Oh, this next person. Oh, wait a second. And everybody that you know all of a sudden has a story that it happened to them. It depends on what degree. It could be something from, you know, from some from harassment to, you know, someplace else, but everybody. And the issue of harassment, I think, is really you have to think about. It doesn't make a difference. You could you could be a woman, you could be a man, you could be a boy, you could be a girl, you could be a Democrat, you could be a Republican. It doesn't matter. It happens to everybody. And so I think that that's a good thing that we're talking about it at least, you know, that we're talking about it and there's a dialogue and that um, people are feeling comfortable because I think it's really sad for someone to be able to, to go through something like that and to hold it, you know, in, and to feel shame. And But now I think what people are feeling is that they are feeling they have support and you know, support of their fellow community. Maybe the community is the Facebook community for all I know. But they feel more comfortable to come forward and say something. And you know, I mean, and and I think that you know, every you know allegation has to be treated seriously and just has to be looked at. 
So, you know, all of these issues, these, this, and this is a big issue, mm-hmm. uh, and this is an issue that's not, it's not a trendy issue. It's going to be around right. for, for a long time. It's been here for a long time. Um, and these things move incrementally. Um, do you see that in, in recent years that it's being expedited, that there's an exponential effect where it kind of a little bit of a, uh, you know, steamroller where it kind of, uh, yeah feeds on itself and and grows yeah and so where what do you think we're gonna what's next where do you think we're gonna be in five years or ten years and how long is it gonna take for us to get to where we need to be well I think it'll be interesting to see how things work out I'm saying with in New York State I'm saying with this you know mandatory sexual harassment I think that will be interesting to sort of see and I think you know metrics are also very important to see just to to be able to track and to see you know has that helped has that helped with anything now of course a lot of women have suffered in silence where they don't necessarily you know um, speak up about what has happened to them but I think it's important that you know we at least start Um, and I think that that's you know it's important for people to become more educated on the subject matter and be thoughtful and think about you know, just think about, you know, women will talk about a lot, you know, how like maybe something doesn't happen necessarily in the workplace, but then they'll go out to, you know, a conference and something, you know, will happen there. But I think the fact that, you know, if everybody is on board and thinking about these things, you know, that will help at least reduce some of the issues. Well, thank you, Susan Harper. We've been talking to you about uh, the women in law section at the State Bar and the Me Too movement. We have a feature here on Miranda Warnings that's called movie, book, or music where you can share with us an artistic performance that means something to you. So do you have something that you can share with us? Sure. I mean, I have lots of different things. <laughs> I'm a, I grew up going to Broadway every single weekend. So I'm a very, very big Broadway buff. Um, I'm a big, uh, I love, uh, I was a big fan of Yul Brenner, <laughs> King and I. Um, I just, I love, I love uh, characters who are very strong leads. Um, I, you know, love um, Mama and Gypsy Rose. She was she was amazing too. Um, I love the chorus line and the struggle that all those people, you know, they, they had to get it, they had to get their job. Um, and I think that those those people are very, you know, they're just they were always very inspiring. The live theater is always inspiring, and I'm a big lover and a big supporter of live theater. Well, great. Now, what, let me ask you this, and see, like Yul Brenner and King and I, how do you think that kind of conduct would go over today with uh, the way he treated women? Well, I think one thing is really interesting. The, the woman who is the teacher in the King and I, you know, she was the one that wouldn't tolerate. Right. <laughs> she wouldn't tolerate it at all. Oh, no, he wouldn't do well at all in today's world. <laughs> great. Well, thank you very much, Susan Harper, here on Miranda Warnings. Thank you very much for having me. This has been the New York State Bar Association's Miranda Warnings for all things legal and some that aren't.